Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is in your part of the world. Hello, and welcome to a slightly detained episode of Musical World. I apologize for our tardiness, but Dave, Shane, and I have all been quite busy the last several weeks to months, and our time frames have not matched up well with that of our potential guests, so you understand something's got to give. First, big news. If you are in or going to be in the Dayton, Ohio area now or anytime soon or in the near future, it is a requirement and a proclamation by law that you stop and visit Ghost Light Coffee on Wayne Avenue in the South Park neighborhood of Dayton. <laughs> this has been a dream of Shane's for many, many years, and it's finally been realized through his uh, hard work and diligence and there's a real good chance that when you stop in, if you're not served by Shane himself, you're going to be served by a barista that's also, uh, he excels or she excels in musical theater. <laughs> but guaranteed, you're going to have a great cup of coffee or tea or latte or mocha or whatever it is you want to do at a great place to uh, gather, catch up on the web or homework or just relax and stop in and and say hello to the people at Ghost Light. Uh, you'll be glad you did. Uh, next, we're making some changes here at MusicalWorld.us, and the feed that you're listening to this podcast on, gradually over the next few weeks, we will be moving to a new location. For some of you, it means nothing. But for many of you, it means that you'll have to go to our website, the aforementioned MusicalWorld.us, and hit the subscribe button for whatever chosen medium you listen to this show on. Uh, on the right-hand side, under subscribe, you'll have choices of how you want to subscribe to the feed. iTunes is the most used medium, but there's also buttons there if you use RSS, Google, or Zoom. I suggest you just go and do it now while you're thinking about it so you don't miss anything. <laughs> Below that subscribe button is a menu area where you'll see a home button and our archives link. That archives link takes you directly to the current link that has all the shows that are now linked directly to Mevio, our current host. Below that is another archives area with several links listed by month of publication. Right now, it shows December of 2011 back to January of 2011. As I add back shows to these archives, those months will be added to the list. We appreciate your patience as we trudge along into this new system. Again, it couldn't be much easier. Just go to musicalworld.us, click the subscription type of your choice, and you won't miss a thing, okay? And with that and a few words from our guest, we'll get on with Musical World episode number 88, featuring the creators of the musical 11, Mark Watts and Stephanie Carr. This is Stephanie Carr and Mark Watts. You are listening to Musical World from El Paso, Texas. All right. Well, I've got with me on the phone from uh, Texas, Mark Watts and Stephanie Carr. They are the creators of the Musical 11. Hi, guys. Hey there. <laughs> How are you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, and, and for the listeners, Dave and Shane aren't with us. They're at a coffee shop and at another theater gig, but uh, they're with us in spirit. <laughs> anyway, uh, how you guys doing today? It's uh, it's a weekend. Got to be doing okay. 
it's good here, and, and you don't want to hear about how beautiful our weather is. Oh, uh, well, you know what? For a, for a December day in Ohio, which is where I'm located, we've got a pretty decent day. It's sunny, and it's pushing 50 degrees, so I'm not going to complain. That's good. We haven't seen the snowflake yet, so we're happy. Oh, well, we got snow the other day, but it's gone now. But it'll, it won't be long. It'll be back. <laughs> it's never too long. Um, <laughs> now, 11, um, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to remember. You don't say 11, a new musical. You say a new old musical. Or how do you tag that? Well, we entitled, we titled it Eleven, and our director gave it the subtitle of A Musical Table. Okay. Uh, or uh, a new 1930s musical. Ah, there, a new 1930s musical. That's the one I was trying to remember, because I, I liked that tag. A new 1930s musical, because that's sort of what it is. The music is very 1930s-ish. It's evocative of that era uh, in terms of the swing nature and also the uh, crooning type of love songs. Right. So popular then. How did you uh, How did you get the idea for Eleven? It started as as a group of songs. I had uh, written a couple of songs, love songs for Stephanie, and she had one at one point on a on a trip that we took together. She said, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how much do you think I love you? And I said 7, and she said, you'll have to add 4. <laughs> and that kind of stuck. So that was the basis of the word 11, and my idea was to write 11 tunes uh, for her. And what we found in the writing of the tunes is that uh, I could write the music, but needed a lot of help on the lyrics, and she has got a gift for words. As you can see, yes, from the, the lyrics and also the dialogue, um, and so we we ended up with ten songs, and by by the time we had ten songs, we realized, well, let's write a musical to go with these ten songs. So it was rather bass backwards, I'm sure, from the from the way most musicals are are done, but the songs were varied enough that it wasn't very difficult to put a story around them. We, we took a long weekend and went down to Fort Davis, which uh, for your listeners in, in the east uh, or midwest is further south in Texas than we are. It's down in Big Bend country, which is beautiful. You're so basically in, in El Paso? Yeah, we're in El Paso, but Fort Davis is down further south in Big Bend. Okay. So we took a blank pad of paper and a couple of pencils and no ideas and took a long weekend, and came up with a script and characters and pretty much fleshed out the whole uh, plot of the story and a lot of the dialogue in three days, which was, we were kind of stunned that we could manage to do that. <laughs> That's pretty quick. No kidding. And our fear at first was that it was going to be too long, and uh, we, we quickly learned uh from reviews from friends and some independent reviewers that it needed to be fleshed out. So we, we ended up adding some scenes as a result to develop the characters better and whatnot. And in right. fact, added, added a couple of reprises. We were, we were a bit against the, the idea of reprises, but it turns out they, they worked really well. 
you get to hear the music again. You get to vary it. You add new lyrics. Right. Um, and in the case of What a Doll, with the reprise at the end, was a nice bookend to the play. Yeah, it, so it it's definitely a, a nice bookend for the whole show to open it up and then sort of tie it up, put a ribbon on it. So we had a pretty good outline of the story, and then it took oh, a couple of months to write the first draft of the script. And then we sought review of it, uh, which we got. We got some very good feedback and thought, well, okay, it can be. We do need to develop the characters more. Uh, we didn't change any of the music. No. The only thing we did was add reprises, and the reprises are interesting. Consequences and more consequences. More consequences is um, a bit more interesting musically than consequences. And with What a Doll, the reprise, we extended it and added lines for the other members of the company. Mm-hmm. But other, the music was really done uh, early, and it was the script that we spent more time modifying over the ensuing months. Well, you mentioned What a Doll. Other than the overture, that's the first song in the show and the last. Tell us a little bit about uh, What a Doll, and uh, we'll go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, like, who's who's singing on this? And... Well, the opening scene has uh, our our hero, Parker, rehearsing his combo in preparation for an audition at a gig at Club Savant, a, a nightclub in New York in 1930s. And so they're trying desperately to get a gig because, uh, like all musicians in the 30s, they were desperate for work. So they're, uh, they bring in Jack, who is their uh, song and dance man, and the opening number then is the audition and, and practice of... Uh, what a doll. So Jack is singing it. It's the, it, it's, I guess you could say about the play in general, it's occasionally slightly naughty, but never vulgar. Right. So there's certainly innuendo and a double entendre in this tune, especially. Okay, well, let's give it a listen. This is What a Doll. What a doll. My own. I'd figure her figure is quite ideal at 36, 24, 36. What a doll, man oh man, she's long and tall and nicely tanned. Imagine the sight of her on a beach, the kind that lets a peach like her show it all. What a doll, my oh my, she got those curves and high supply. A delightful eyeful, she strikes a nerd boy. I'd you like a sample of that odor? What a doll, my oh my. She's blonde and blue-eyed and not too shy And with one look from her Surrender Close your eyes and hope she takes you prisoner The way she shimmies drives me wild She's caught me looking, smiling wide She winked and walked off, waving goodbye And left me high and dry
What a doll, my oh my, those hips could launch a thousand ships. She knows it, she's launched it, that's very clear, and I for one like the view from the rear. What a doll, man oh man. She's got the best looking legs in town, and I'd guess that short dress gets shorter every time that she sits down. She's one hot number, boiling hot, a knockout stunner, ready to trot. She's much respected, cause she's got class, but all the guys like her sass. A lovely dreamboat sailing by on route to island paradise. I'd like to join her cruising along as the captain on her deck. Well, that was what a doll, and uh, who who was singing that on the uh, recording? The playing the part of well, Jack. Oh uh, well, the, the the person that's that's singing in the recording is not the person who's singing it for the production, right? Uh, the fellow that's singing that your whose voice you heard is Luis Ramos, who is a student from University of Texas El Paso, uh, that studied voice, who was recommended to us by Elisa Wilson faculty member there in the music department. And as you can tell, he's got a wonderful voice. Oh, yeah. And we, we thought his rendition of it was, was better than that of the production. Although the fellow who did it for the production um, was a fabulous actor and had all the right gestures. and uh, he, yeah. sold, he sold the number. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So... How did things come about with uh, the production at uh, University of Texas, El Paso? Well, actually, the production was with the El Paso Community College, okay. although we, right, and we used musicians, and, and in this case, some singers for recording, that were University of Texas, El Paso music students. Ah, okay. So we used a combination, but the play itself was was staged at the El Paso Community College, at a beautifully uh, newly renovated theater at what's called the Trans Mountain Campus. Uh, we we uh, approached the director of that theater, and he enthusiastically embraced the idea of doing something new, uh, which, which is quite a challenge when the actors, singers have nothing to go by 
other than printed material. Right. But he, he liked the idea of doing something innovative, and he was fabulous to work with. He, he brought a lot of good ideas uh, to it. We added a couple of scenes as a result of his input. Uh, his use of lighting uh, was fabulous. Um, we had a number of scene changes. He did some very creative things to enable uh, rapid scene changes um, and a whole lot of rehearsals it took to get those right because he was a, a stickler for quiet and quick scene changes. 30 seconds or less uh, was his mantra. Yeah, excellent. I'm sorry, I hadn't, I hadn't given you his name. You don't know him, of course. His name is Keith Townsend. Oh, okay. Wonderful director. I, I had first met Keith uh, several years ago. He had been a, a wonderful theater instructor at a, high, a local high school where my son was involved um, in studying under Keith. And uh, Keith then moved to the community college, so it seemed like a, a good connect. And, and again, as Mark said, he... Uh, was immediately accepting uh, the idea of, of staging a new production and really uh, embraced that and, and guided us along as theater novices, really. Um, Mark had not done any theater work. He's a wonderful musician and composer, but didn't know upstage from downstage, so it was a learning experience. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in the same boat about ten years ago, ten or twelve years ago when I started. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand all the lingo, um, and and you spoke about the lighting. I I did see the video, and there was several uh, lighting ideas that I really liked. One in particular that was really uh, uh, I thought very good was where he took a pen spot. Uh, the oh the the boss's niece that was uh he was getting the audition where it closed in on just a red spot on her right. face yeah. i thought yeah, man, that, it was very effective and that was the close of act one it was a pretty good close with yes. that yes and the whole piece of red light uh the spot uh he also had the fog machine going for the dream scene right uh and uh a lot of, well, uh, we had a concept of spotting on the various players there, but his use of motion of her moving in and around the actors in her jealous dream uh, was an idea of his. It was brilliant. Yeah, it, it, was, it came off very well on the video. And he was conscientious about not changing a word of dialogue. We, we made one or two changes. In fact, the reprise of What a Doll, uh, one of the lines is, she's blonde and blue-eyed. Well, the, the nail in our, our staging was neither blonde nor blue-eyed. Hmm. So, you know, we had to change the line there to, she's awfully pretty. And that, that was about the only change that we made in the script or the lyrics. So he was very conscientious, uh, very respectful yeah. of uh, the playwrights, but his suggestions for blocking motion were, and lighting were very good. He also created that backdrop that you will see. He, he sketched that out on an eight-and-a-half piece of paper and handed it over to students at the community college who scaled it up to a massive piece of canvas. Yeah, it's, it's like a backdrop of um, 
it kind of reminds you of a 30s jazz room type thing with instruments and uh, right yeah it, anyway, yeah it was I, a joy to us we, we got to see this whole thing um from nothing to something and so we got to see things like that the painting of that canvas the uh the design of, of the lighting the design of the sets um the costuming uh, Stephanie became assistant costumer and seamstress uh, <laughs> and uh, spent a lot of time on that black polka dot dress. It's so cute. So it, uh, that was a, a real joy to see this thing go from nothing to a complete production and to have witnessed the auditions, the rehearsals, the mistakes, the uh, the fear when it's getting near time for the actual production and they're still not off book. Those kind of, well, it was new for me. Well, I also want to say that Mark uh, was the music director and worked with the musicians from UTEP, and Mark played the piano. He was on stage 90% during the show, so he was was one of the star musicians. I was reluctant because I had another pianist uh, lined up, but um, he was unavailable those summer months. The summer months are tricky to get get people. They're all on this and that. With six uh, stagings over a period of two months, it means you have to get commitment. Tell us about You Are My Heart. I I remember it takes place in the second act, I believe. Um, Tell us what leads up to You Are My Heart, and then we'll listen to it. You Are My Heart is the song that uh, where finally our hero Parker and our heroine Nell can fall in love. They've, They've been flirting but now they're in love, and this is uh, his song that he's written to her, but she joins in in the singing. And the side note to this is that this is the song that I wrote for Stephanie for our wedding vows. Really? Um, and I, I can't sing, and I was so choked up during the ceremony I couldn't even speak the, the lyrics. So. <laughs> but she got to hear the, the music um, while I stood there like a fool, unable to speak a word. <laughs> He did just fine. I just imagine. He's probably making it worse than it was. Yeah, you know, exactly. But it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song and obviously has uh, lots of sentimental value to both of us. So then to see it on stage um, and performed was, was pretty special. Absolutely. This is You Are My Heart from the musical Eleven. It's when we dance Across the floor I look at you You smile at me once more The spell is cast And it will last As long as songs are sung You're in my arms And so I must Surrender to your charms I shouldn't wait To tell you now These words I hold your heart If I could be holding the girl of my dreams, it would be you and only you I'd hold you tight and whisper You are my love You are my heart Forevermore my paramour I'm hopelessly in love with you I'm hopelessly in love with you. 
It's when we dance across the floor. I look at you, you smile at me once more. The spell is cast and it will last as long as songs are sung. You're in my arms and so I must surrender to your charms. I shouldn't wait, I'll tell you now. These words I hope will win your heart. This is Sutton Foster, and you are listening to Musical World. Soon see this queen be can sting. So 
best behave You simple knave I'm not a fool that you can rule So hear me say Okay, fine Whatever I'm not afraid Just try me You think you're so handsome That you'll get your way But I'll have the final say See what happens when I get mad There'll be things you want, but too bad You'll come running back bleeding Just be glad you're not bleeding It don't matter much what I say You'll do as you please, night or day And getting what you want must be so nice But I'll be as cold as ice Leftovers, a treat to reheat. Ignore me and you'll see. Dessert isn't gonna be too sweet. So think again. Think frying pan. And listen close, but don't believe it when I say, okay, fine. Whatever, go ahead. Don't mind me. You think you're so witty and charming and cute. But instead, you'll get the boot. What adult he is, my oh my. He's as dumb as a box of rocks. But lovable, forgivable, I guess. I'll keep him. He's okay. Fine. Whatever. Okay, you just heard You Are My Heart, as well as a song called OK Fine. Uh, tell us a little bit about OK Fine. Oh, and also, uh, you might mention who the uh, vocalists were on the recording for You Are My Heart and OK Fine. You Are My Heart features Luis Ramos again, and another UTEP, University of Texas El Paso, music student by the name of Megan Hainer. And the female vocalist you heard for OK Fine is Camille Acosta, who starred as Nell in the production. Oh, okay. Um, a fascinating talent. Um, it, it shocked everyone to hear that she had only just finished her sophomore year in high school. She was one of the most mature-looking, acting, and talented players. Oh, my gosh. In the it's an amazing thing. And her, her vocal range, we, we had to make some modifications in order to, to fit or somewhat narrow vocal range, but boy, she had style, and you can tell from listening to that that she she had the spunk um, and the um, trying attitude. To, attitude. She could she came across perfectly with attitude in that tune. I would, she is, I would never have guessed that she was uh, just finished with her sophomore high school year. I I thought for sure she was a college student. Well, she she comes from a family uh, that has a history of theater. Her brother is uh, studying theater in university somewhere, and it turns out her mother was our choreographer, uh, and she did a marvelous job with these with these students, um, being a perfect drill sergeant when she needed to, and a and a caring mother type uh, at other times. Excellent. Anyway, um, Camille uh, did a marvelous job on this particular tune, uh, where she is basically uh, being defiant to the evil uh, band leader, Tony, who has a blackmail hold over her, and yet she still has that edge of defiance. Uh, 
Now, what kind of uh, reception did you find as far as the students? Were they uh, were they anxious to uh, develop these parts and to originate these roles? Um, I mean, that's sort of what we find that in in the area up here with college students, they're very anxious to originate these roles and have that on their resumes that they were actually, you know, I I played the original Nell, you know, that kind of thing on their resume. Yeah, that was a big deal for them. And Keith Townsend really uh, laid that out at the auditions that this was a unique opportunity to perform uh, for the first time a brand new production. And so he said, you know, your names will be printed on the published scripts as, as the first cast of the show. And so he said, so it's a real honor to get to do that. At the same time, it means that there's a lot of additional work because you're going to take the printed script here and develop this character for the first time. And so they uh, they got into it and worked real hard and had good questions of us as we went through the rehearsal process. You know, well, what's Mel thinking here? And what would Jack do here? And what would Mr. Pottingham say to his needs and this scene? And what's his thinking behind it? So they wanted to kind of know what was in our heads when we were writing uh, some of the lines. So that was fun to have that exchange with them. Hopefully it's something that uh, they'll keep doing there. Um, we we need more colleges willing to go out on a limb and try things like this because uh, it's the only way the kids can really get the development to understand new roles and the only way that our material is going to get heard. Well, one of the other fun things was that because this was set in 1930s and Mark and I have tried to use language evocative of that period, there were some words um, that these young folks did not know, you know, that was right. from another era. So we sent them to old movies and books um, so that they could look at some uh, uh, other material from that era, and many of them did and came back and said, well, you know, I, I saw um, Top Hat for the first time. I had no idea. And we felt like uh, we were we were giving them a glimpse into the past, which was a good sure. thing. That's excellent. I can recall on the first reading, uh, the first rehearsal where the books were presented to them, that two of the characters immediately got it um, on a really cute scene. It's a Pottingham Bruno scene. And our Bruno was fabulous. He got the shtick uh, down pat immediately. It's as if he just became the character at once without having to think much about it. Also, Pottingham, he, he always had a... Uh, cigar in his hand, a, a fake one, but always had a cigar and was just had uh, kind of a cocky tilt, tilt to his head, and uh, they got it right away. So they they mastered it just from the without any direction, right. just from the script. Yeah, the uh, period dress and hairdos and uh, uh, Pottingham's slicked back hair, and <laughs> he just he really looked the part. Yeah, he did. He, he was actually Pottingham was um, uh, the only student in the cast that was a University of Texas at uh, El Paso student, so he was not a community college student. Studying Portuguese for a class while he was right, learning his lines and studying Portuguese at the same time. He was afraid that he was going to say his lines in Portuguese. 
we're going to hear Let's Dance the Night Together. This isn't exact. It's almost the last song, but it's it's sort of bringing everything together, so to, so to speak. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and who we're going to hear. We originally intended this song to be the last song and to have a quiet finish to the musical. But um, we were convinced otherwise that we should reprise what it all. So this is the penultimate uh, tune that, uh, you know, mystery is over now. The um, Everybody's happy. Uh, they can now express their love publicly. And this particular tune was only the second one that I had written for Stephanie. It had no words on it, and it was our first one of exploring lyric writing together. And what a joy that was. So we have fond memories of that day when we started putting lyrics to the music for the first time. All righty. This is Let's Dance the Night Together. You, you make my heart so full. The way you look at me is just so wonderful. You, you are my heart's desire. Your smile inspires. Please come now, take my hand. And let's start the night together. Simply spellbound. Oh, you are, you are my heart's desire. Your smile inspires. Please come now, take my hand, and let's dance the night together so close, and we'll remember always the magic of this moment. Oh, 
Okay, that was Let's Dance the Night Together. So is there anything else in the books? I I know you've told me you're working on a new show. We've got the script complete, our first draft uh, entirely complete. Well, except for blocking and uh, description, detailed description of the set. We've uh, got 13 tunes in this new musical. The music is written for piano. I'm starting to score it. Uh, the lyrics, I would say, are 95% done. Well, some of the tunes are completely done. And it's a, it's a different type of a bent. Um, instead of a romantic comedy, it's a musical mystery comedy. So we're having a lot of fun with that. Excellent. We're, we're not hearing it today, but I did want to tell Stephanie on the lyrics for the song Numbers. I just thought that was the way that flows together, the way you worded that. It's very cute wording. And well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I always, have, uh, I always have liked that song, that lyric, because it's, uh, uh, the numbers tie in very well together. And, and in the show, of course, when she messes up, they make a nice little cute play on that. Yeah. Well, and that's where, that's where the audience gets the key um, answer to the question, why 11? Yes. Yes. The word 11 is never used, and it puzzled many people, but we just said you, you've got to come to the show to find out why we entitled it 11. Right. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the only way you can leave it. Um, well, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck with the new show. Keep us posted on that, because we'll have you back on, and we'll play some music from that one when it's ready. That would be great. We'd love to share that with you. Excellent. We're going to uh, go out with a a song that, oh, memory serves me. This is beginning of Act Two, maybe? Yes, dear? Yes, dear is the beginning of Act Two, and it really came from a, a funny conversation two Christmases ago when uh, my brother was down visiting from Albuquerque, and he said, I, you know, there are just a couple of words that uh, keep a marriage together. And I said, yeah, what, would that, what might that be? And he said, I'm sorry, you're right. Um, and so then we just, the three of us took off on that and started putting those words together. And Mark put some music on it, and that was, that was the seed of that song. And so it's sung by Parker, um, to Violet, Mr. Cunningham's niece, as his apologia for uh, flirting with Mel. And so Violet's jealous, and he's placating her in this song. <laughs> I might add that the female vocalist, if, if you can refer to it as that, the speaking, uh, is Stephanie's voice. Oh, is it? Well, speaking, but not singing. Right, right. Excellent. All righty, well, we're going to go out listening to Yes, Dear. Uh Mark and Stephanie, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and uh, we look forward to hearing more. Thank you for having me. Agreeableness would be one. Looks like quite a storm brewing overhead. Just how agreeable would you be, Parker? Clouds are looming, it's so gloomy. Boy, am I in trouble now. 
Having trouble formulating an answer? Woe is me! Parker, I can't hear you. Maybe it will help if I say... Parker? Yes, dear. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. What else can I say? I hear and obey your every wish. Princess, I worship you night and day. Oh, yes, dear. I'm right here. Ready and waiting and anxious to please. What joy it brings me to follow decrees. I'm anticipating your next command. So baby, tell me when I'm in. Tell me where I'm there. I'll clean for you. I'll wash for you every day. How did I get myself in this? Is there a way out? But if I'm not careful, it's nothing but trouble. And in the doghouse once again, and all alone tonight on that old couch. I better flatter her right now and kiss up somehow. That might just put me back in her good grace. So here goes, last chance. Baby, you're pretty, the prettiest thing. How about if I were to buy you a ring? Darling, you know that I'm at your beck and call. Yes, dear, I'm right here. I'm coming and running to be near you So baby, tell me when I'm in Tell me where I'm there I'll cook for you, I'll mop for you And I'm for you too Because I'm sub, 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 subservient It's not a secret of three men I ain't But what a dish she is Oh yeah, and worth it somehow I'm happy as a clam to be this gem. Oh, yes, dear, you're right. I'm wrong, I'm sorry, what else can I say? I hear and obey your every wish. Princess, I worship you night and day. So maybe tell me when I'm in. Tell me where I'm there. I live for you, I long for you. Oh, yes, my dear. Okay, well, out of uh, out of fairness to our listeners, I should probably point out that uh, I became uh, familiar with Eleven when um, Mark and Stephanie contacted me to uh, do some arranging. So earlier this year, I did do some arranging for Mark and Stephanie on Eleven. Probably, boy, I don't I don't remember how how many songs was it? Maybe eight or ten of them that. Yeah. We didn't do them all because we knew some would be simply recorded and we wouldn't need the scores, at least on this first production. Right. And in fact, those that you did score, we weren't able to use the score because we realized during the rehearsals that there wasn't time enough for the musicians who were doubling as members of two different bands to change their costumes fast enough. So with Let's Dance Tonight Together, we ended up having to go back to the simple piano recording. Yeah. For the, but the others came off without a hitch. The musicians loved playing your arrangements. 
Uh, it was a, a perfect match. It was amazing to have your skill in, in helping us figure out a ranking because once again, this was all new territory for us. So we needed the guidance of an expert. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, anytime you need anything else, just feel free to give me a call. I'll be glad to help out wherever I can. Good deal. Hey. <laughs> All righty. Guys, you have a nice weekend and uh, a nice holiday season. Enjoy your Christmas. Yeah, and let us know how many thousands and millions of people listen to this. <laughs> I sure will. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.